Tech Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. And now, here are your hosts, the game show guys, Tom Bastek, Mike Jacobs, and Christian Carrion. Hello and welcome in. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. We're the game show guys. I'm Tom Bastek. I'm Mike Jacobs. And I'm Christian Carrion with a question, Tom. I need Uh your advice. Okay. I need you to tell me the ingredients that make the perfect baked ziti. I have been craving baked. I've been craving like a lasagna type food and I want to do it myself, but I've never made a baked ziti before. All right, well, I'm going to give you the simplest recipe, but it also happens to be exactly what I make for my family when I make it. So okay. it's 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 not as glorious as everybody wants it to be, but it's big ziti. It doesn't have to be. So here you go. One box of ziti noodles, one uh, one can of whatever kind of, uh, one jar of whatever kind of spaghetti sauce you like. If you make it yourself, I recommend about whatever the jar is. So I think the jar is like 16 ounces. So maybe I recommend more like 24 ounces. So I like a jar and a half of sauce. Okay. A little saucier. Uh, a pound of mozzarella, eight ounces of ricotta, and a pound of the meat of your choice. I prefer Italian sausage, but I mean, crumbled sausage works, ground beef works, whatever you like. Cook everything except for the cheeses, obviously, and the sauce. You don't have to cook the sauce. It's already cooked unless you're making it yourself. Mix it all up in a bowl. Push it off into a casserole dish. Bake at 350 for about 45 minutes or so until it comes to temp. Have a nice day. So that's exactly what it is. You just cook everything and mix it together and throw it in the oven. There's no oh, yeah. like exact yeah. science to it. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, it's baked ziti. Like, oh, don't, make it, don't make it more than what it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> don't make a mountain out of baked ziti. Exactly right. Oh my God! Thank you so much for that. Now, I, if you want to, do, if you want to do fancy stuff like, uh, you know, portobello mushrooms and a red wine reduction, add like we can get to that level, but there's no need in a ziti. Now listen, Tom, <laughs> it's just big ziti. Yeah, exactly. Right. A wise man would still be. It's just big ziti. <laughs> it's just big. ZD. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. It's really only a step away from hamburger helper. That's Absolutely true. right. That's true, and Absolutely it's just—it's right. like geometrically, it's like one step below lasagna. Oh yeah. Well, lasagna takes forever because you got to do the noodles and lay them out and blah 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 blah. And, and I can't be bothered. Who with is that. so? Yeah. There are uh, lasagna noodles that are made to bake with, like in the lasagna, so you can just layer it with these like sort of half baked noodles. They're not like bad. Eh. I will tell you, Mike. You can take any noodles and do that. Any noodles. It, it doesn't need to be the no the, the oh, no bake noodles or whatever. No cooked noodles. But between you and I, it's not as good as when you cook the noodles first. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Well, that's that's very true. But if you're a, but, a lazy cook like me, yeah. who could yeah. you know burn soup, um, that's <laughs> the way to go. Hey, I'll tell you what. I had an incredible meal over your house. So don't talk to me about burning soup. Oh, that you was not me. It. That's that's all, Jason. Well, and Jason, and they'll tell you what, I'm glad that you have him there in the household. Then. <laughs> it was great. We had such a great meal. It was wonderful. We eat very, Speaking very well. of which, I need to uh, order more uh, basil-infused um, oil uh, from your Oh, yes, bride. of course. <laughs> yeah. I, I've managed to use it all, and we're actually infusing some, but I don't know when the heck it's going to be ready. We got a basil plant from the lady up the block, which was great. We've been uh, infusing oil with the basil that comes out, so it's great. Nice. Yeah, we just started uh, the herb garden. I say we. I I, <laughs> I take no part in it. Again, I, I burn soup and I touch plants to by or I kill plants by the touch. Um, but yeah, so the the herb garden has has started recently. But I'm I, we're kind of worried that the heat is going to just fry them because it's been so absurdly hot. 100 degrees this week, right, Mike? Yeah, I think so. I, I haven't looked at the, the, the weather, but you go outside and it's just melting. Like we, I, I'm legitimately worried about taking my dogs out because the yeah. asphalt's so hot. Yeah, we had a hard time walking our pooch in Vegas. We would have to take her out at night or at least just uh, like on the gra- little grassy area. We couldn't walk her on the concrete mm-hmm. or the asphalt at all. Yeah. It was nuts. Speaking of uh, Atlanta, anything else going on in your world, Michael? No. Well, you might uh, hear that my sound quality has improved. <laughs> uh, so, man, I just, uh, talk about missing the forest for the trees. We were trying to figure out like what could have been causing it, and I'm like, "What's new? I have all my settings are the same. Everything's the same." And I'm telling you this as I'm looking at you through my gigantic new computer monitor. 
not even considering the fact that that was a new element in the overall setup. Uh, so I did some testing and I unplugged the monitor during that testing and lo and behold, it immediately stopped. Uh, so I just got to do a little rearranging of my desks. Uh, uh, desks. I, I, well, okay, technically I do have to do tests. But anyways, um, I got to do a little rearranging to record, but um, it's better than hearing FM radio in the background. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I was hoping for from you? I was hoping you'd say, you know, I figured out the problem. Would you believe it? I was talking into a broom last week. <laughs> <laughs> so I got rid of the broom, used the microphone instead. So the quality wow. has improved hey. dramatically. Uh, Forget about it. <laughs> now, on a, a related note, uh, another piece of news in the Atlanta world is uh, we have recently acquired a pinball table for Oh, our home, yes. Whoa. It is wonderful. Uh, it is, uh, I think it's called Space Ranger or something like that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's Space Cadet themed. There is a very off-brand uh, Starship Enterprise plastered all over it. Um, but it works great. Um, all, all the features seem to work fine. The only issue is that the audio doesn't work. And every time the ball hits something that should trigger a noise, you just hear like a little static crackle. Uh, but we found in the back that there is a volume knob, so I went back there and turned it all the way up, and I heard the very same FM radio station coming out of that sound system, too. <laughs> so apparently... How much, radi- how much radiation is passing through you right now? Right? I, yeah, well, like, uh, donate my body to science when I go to find out if <laughs> FM waves have any effect on you. <laughs> I just want to know, like, is this new monitor the size of, like you know a big screen tv that like you're bringing in stations from like other nations uh it is the size of a big screen tv yes i don't understand still i mean i don't know anything about electronics but i don't understand why it's getting an fm signal um but yeah there you have it uh now the only thing i think is that uh I am running HDMI from the monitor to my computer and HDMI can also carry audio so I'm wondering if maybe there's just some op- my computer thinks there might be an open line for audio there and is trying to capture something and there's just background interference who knows there's there's all kinds of things that you can do to to eliminate some of that you know a lot of times you'll see like on a power cord you'll see like a, a big like round thing that's on it yeah and that's to those. stop it from 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 giving you a hum or something ah. the, the, depending on how the HDMI is uh, wrapped what the you, you know what the um, materials are that they used for it you may be able to cut some of that down it could be the HDMI cable itself that's actually bringing in. Uh, the signal and not the monitor, or the mo- or because it's attached to the monitor, it's bringing it in so you could stop it with the HDMI. Who who knows? Who knows? But yeah. at we least we figured it out, and, yep. and and we're good to go. Christian, what's going on in Pennsylvania? Oh man, the heat wave has been killing it. But other than that, I have I've been off of work for like five days now. I had a wow. stomach I had a stomach bug last week, and it was oh. beating the hell out of me. I'm fine now. Um, but then that led into, so we were going to go to Maryland to see my nephew, but they got a stomach bug too. So we had to cancel that. But the, but the, the, the result was a five day weekend and I'm going back to work tomorrow, but I just feel so relaxed. It was just a beautiful weekend. Um, yeah, really enjoy myself with my wife as well. Fantastic times. Excellent. Absolutely. Excellent. Nothing's going on here in Waynesville, except that we're 25 degrees colder than Atlanta. Yeah, I wish I was 25 degrees colder. <laughs> oh, same. It, it was uh, it was great. We woke up the other morning. It was 48 degrees. Although I will say uh, my my desk that I work at is directly in front of an air vent. And that oh, air vent nice. is the closest one to the AC. So I'm nice. just getting blasted with air all day. It is nice. Um, but at some point, like uh, I'd say about two or three times over the course of the day, I got to go put my slippers on to keep my tootsies warm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, we've got a great game, a featured game this week. It's called Tipping Point. And uh, I, I, Mike, I, before we get into it, and I know we've got we've got a little bit of news that we're going to do, and we're going to do a stumper chump. I just want to know when you when you heard Tipping Point before you knew what it was, did you have an idea of what the show was? Uh, I had no clue. Um, I uh, just based on the name, it brought to mind uh, the old board game don't tip the waiter one of my favorites oh, yeah. as a child yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and so i thought maybe it was going to be some sort of balancing game something like that Me too. uh as soon as the opening credits started and i saw those graphics i ran out of the room to go grab my wife and say oh my god they made a coin dozer game show this is the biggest <laughs> deal that's ever 
happened to me. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I really didn't know what it was either. I thought tipping point, okay, there's either some sort of big vat of water that's eventually going to pour on you and or, or something. And funny thing is I hadn't watched it. And then you said, oh, it's right next to Double Dare. It could be my, my next favorite. And I thought, it's definitely slime. It's slime in a big bucket. It's reaching <laughs> the tipping point, And it's going to tip. And, and that's why we don't have it here in the States, because they ripped it off from Nicola. So I had this whole, and then it came on and I went, Oh yeah, this is totally not what I was thinking. It's but an anyway, incredible we'll, show. I'm so excited. Yeah. We'll we'll get into more of that in a little bit, but first, uh Christian, what do you got news-wise? Yeah, so something uh, we just stumbled upon over the past couple of days. So uh, $100,000 Pyramid on ABC announced their new season. And with that announcement always comes the list of celebrities that will be playing um, as guests on the show. So one of them is Ken Jennings, the guy who everybody, well, a lot of people apparently want to be the permanent host of Jeopardy, the guy who's on break from doing it right now. Excuse me. <clears throat> The guy who's on break from doing it right now. Um, and a lot of people, especially on Twitter, are seeming to think that because he is guesting on another show, somehow that means he's not getting the Jeopardy job. I don't know that I follow the logic completely. I guess... I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't know that I, that I follow the logic on that. I mean, you know... It seems to be that when somebody does really well on Jeopardy and then they start doing making the rounds and going on the news, it usually means that they're going to lose. So now they have like the free time to do the whole media thing. So I wonder if it's not the same type of logic there. Um, but that's part of the hubbub right now. People seem to think that uh, he's not getting the job because he's doing other shows. I don't know what the logic is with like every time that any of the hosts from Jeopardy fart, we have to hear about it. It's like the biggest drama that's <laughs> come since sliced bread. Like, yep. That's yeah. that's the that's part of the media cycle right now. Anything Jeopardy related for some reason gets like pushed way up to the top. I mean, not for some reason. Clearly because the show is popular, but at the same time we're getting a lot of clickbait and a lot of almost like the Wheel of Fortune treatment. I think we talked about how Almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I I I'm with you. I don't really follow the logic and I don't feel like the logic for contestants applies to the host. The only thing I could think of was like um, you know, now that he knows for sure he doesn't have that gig, he's now going out and doing whatever else he can to make money. Not that he's like hard up and needs to make money, but it's like, all right, that ship has sailed. Time for me to move on in my career, right? Um, so maybe that's what people are thinking, I guess. But uh, yeah, none of it really spells to me specifically he won't be host again. I don't. I mean. I don't know. The other the other thing is you guys look at who they picked and how they pick them. They're like putting people who are in similar employ against each other. Like he's going to play against someone else who was a host of something. And I forget what it was, but it's like maybe they reached out to him and said, hey, we got these two people who were contestants that became stars or whatever. The other one wasn't a contestant. A contestant. I forget who who he's playing against. Um, but like. And they reached out to him for all we know. Like, I, I just, I don't understand why the, oh, he's definitely not going to be the permanent host of Jeopardy now. Oh, like, it, well, the sky I mean, is falling. Look, at the end of the day, we're talking about the internet rumor mill here. And uh, yeah. that is a untamed beast that will do what it wants. So I hear you. For the record, we have Ken Jennings playing against Ross Matthews of RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, I think he was also the intern on Jay Leno's Tonight Show for a little while. He was. He yeah. was. Yeah. 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 So I, I think I think because he made that move from intern up, it's kind of the same sort of thing as like another television person who went from contestant to, you know, kind of thing. Hey, so just a quick aside about Ken Jennings and Pyramid, something that I remember from about... 12, 13 years ago. So back when CBS was thinking about bringing back Let's Make a Deal, they brought a couple of other shows to pilot as well, so they had something to choose from. And one of the options was the $1 million pyramid. And they shot it in New York and never aired. They only did a couple pilots. Norm MacDonald was on one, and Ken Jennings was a celebrity on one of the other ones. So there is a little bit of a history with Ken playing Pyramid. Not on the air, of course, but... Was he a celebrity back then? He was... Yeah, so he had lost in 2004 but that's okay. when his run was so yeah he so he was still a famous so he still was, ex jeopardy yeah. contestant yeah around them but yeah 2009 he was a celebrity guest on the one million dollar pyramid and i hmm. think part of why they didn't make it a million dollar show because imagine going to the final round for a million dollars and your celebrity giving like a wrong clue and screwing it up for you that's a lot of money to lose on one slip of the tongue yeah so i wonder if that's not why they 
brought it back to a hundred thousand. Interesting. Interesting. Plus, I don't know. I think the million dollar thing is kind of sailed. Although, um, if we talk about Squid Game, I got to tell you how much money they're giving away there. I, I can't imagine how much money they're making. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who has not seen Squid Game. <laughs> well, Netflix, who has been uh, a really, really big uh, game show proponent, and obviously because of the success of the Squid Game, it's the most most watched thing on Netflix. I mean, is it really? Craziness. It is still to this day. Even still. over Stranger Things, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. good for them. So they're coming out with a new. Ga- it's like a spinoff. It's a competition game show called Squid Game: The Challenge, and uh, the life changing cash at the end of it. And, and and if you don't know anything about Squid Game, basically what happens is these these uh, there's like 400 people that start playing, and uh, they basically are playing children's games. But the way you get eliminated from the game when you're when you don't win is you get shot. You're out. You're done. Uh, literally, not like shot like in hurt. Uh, no, shot and killed. You're out. Okay. Um, they tried that on season one to beat the clock. It didn't work very well. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> not a lot of repeat uh, contestants with that one. <laughs> no, no. So, so in that one, I think it's like thirty billion or whatever it is. But in this one, they're giving away as the the life changing one. He's four point five six million dollars as the grand prize good lord and someone's gotta win it someone's gotta win it yeah so what's the reasoning behind that number that seems like an obvious I, specific i don't amount. know the only thing i can think of is there's 456 players um and that each player oh, okay. that gets eliminated they add a thousand dollars into the um it's a, yeah that's the, uh, that's what uh, happened in the show was that like right. each player was worth a million and i want to say it was 456 players in the in the show too but i don't it know it has right. been a while yeah so uh, needless to say, uh, that's coming up and, um, they don't, I don't know if they've got a date for it yet or not, but I can't wait because, you know, season two is filming now. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, what happens there. Yep. 456 people. There you go. Whew. I think I it'd be wait. funny if a contestant accidentally wandered onto the set of the actual show. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I wonder, you know, we get talking last week about what you get to keep. And if you don't get to keep a green jumpsuit like the guys wear in Squid Game, I'd be a little upset with the game. Mm-hmm. True, true. You think they make them all live in like the big, uh, like prison warehouse God, room? I <laughs> hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I hope it's everything. No, that I know. I wanted to be with the with the announcer of like player two sixty three has been eliminated. Eliminated. Yes, exactly right. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Christian, you have to watch have it. It's no some point. clue what you guys are talking about. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I do. I do it have to watch it. So it's so good and so scary at the same time. I'm like habitually late with the popular thing. Like I'll watch it way past the point that it's even oh. relevant, and then I'll come. Hey guys, have you ever seen Squid Game? Yeah. In 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 October. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of which, like, yeah, did you guys hear about this Tiger King documentary? Shit's wild. No, am I? No, I haven't. No. Okay. Oh God, I have. Are you kidding? It was like out like two yeah, years ago. That was I was trying to make a joke there, but apparently tiger. I got it. I oh, sorry, tell it. me again. T- tiger, Tiger King. Yep, that's the one. Huh. Come on, Christian. I, I, I know what you got. Pull it together. That's fine. It's fine. That's fine. You just kill the joke. Uh, that's fine. Terrible improv, everybody. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He he killed the joke. All right, done. Rule, rule number one is yes and Christian. Whew, man. Even Corey would know that. Come on. I know what you guys are talking about. I know what Tiger King is. (laughs) I've seen most of that one. Most of that. (laughs) Who wins at the end? Is it the Tiger? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Okay. No, right. nobody, <laughs> nobody wins at the end of Tiger King. Too bad. Too bad that wasn't the Stumper Chump question. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I'm going to just start Stumper Chumping you on Netflix shows. I love it. I love it. Speaking of which, uh, are we ready? Do we have anything else to touch on? I did have one other quick thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, just sure. real quick, we were talking in the Dotto episode about the idea of like recognizing celebrities and whatnot. Uh, it, sure. it entered my life this very morning, that concept, in a way more dramatic way than Dotto ever made me think of. Um, okay. I, I, as you probably have heard by now, I'm a fan of old-time radio. I was listening to an old show where the uh, author of the episode came out at the beginning of the episode, which was sort of uh, the style of the time. Think of Rod Serling at the right. beginning of Twilight Zone, for sure. example. Sure. Uh, and he was explaining how he is not only a writer, but he had this other career that makes him more uh, apt to write this specific story for the radio, blah, 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 blah. 
He started the thing by saying, when I'm on the street, people typically recognize me as the writer of this radio program. And I thought to myself, you don't even see the people who are on the radio, let alone the people who are writing it. Who in the hell in the history of mankind has ever said, hey, I know you. You're the guy that wrote that radio thing. I, I, but it, back in those days, who knows? Maybe they all did know him. Maybe, maybe, maybe his face was all over the place. We maybe it was in the know. paper. It was advertised or something. Or yeah. he's a liar. That's another thing. Well, so that's that's kind of my, 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 my final uh, uh, resting point on the matter is that he's probably just being like, oh, I'm Mr. Man. People recognize me, but really, I'm this. But, you know. Probably. Yeah, because they say that all the time. They go, oh, we're getting letters from across the country. Yeah, they got one from Florida, one from Kansas. Uh, and yeah. A lot like how uh, we have Stumper Crump questions just piling in daily to our email addresses. <laughs> three, actually, three can be a pile. Yeah, we don't actually even have three. So if you'd like to submit for Stumper Chump, please go ahead and send it on into either um, our email address, which is on the website, tell them what they've won.com, or hit us up through social because. Well, let's be honest. Christian doesn't really read our social at all ever. So, for expedited delivery, send it to me. Uh, <laughs> so to under underline that uh, that please that you gave there. Uh, here is what I think might be the most uninspired stump or trump question this season so far. Uh, I, I'll admit it was a real real eleventh hour kind of situation here, but I do have a stump or trump on tipping point, uh, yes. and so. There is a uh, tipping point being a uh, typically hour-long show, I suppose, 45, 47 minutes after commercials. Um, but there is a half-hour spinoff show. Now, I was unable to figure out when this actually aired because it is shown at times when the regular series is not shown and it's not rerun. Those sounds like situations where another show is on, but apparently that other show is this spinoff of Tipping Point that is essentially like a clip show um, of past episodes of Tipping Point. What is the name of this Tipping Point clip show that is sometimes shown when the actual show is not shown? So I've actually, I, I, I know it exists. I've never seen it. I've seen the other spinoff. They do a celebrity version called uh, Tipping Point Lucky Stars. Yes. But I did not ask you, you about that one because I thought it was too obvious. Ah! This one, I, I seem to remember I, 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 I'm not going to remember the name exactly but it's called like Tipping Point Best of the Best or the Best of or Best of Best or something like that I'm sorry uh, when, it, when it comes to Christian Carey I'm going to need an exact answer Tipping Point Best of the Best <sighs> I'm so sorry that is incorrect what it's something right it's something yeah, like that there, best is the first word I'll give you that but it is best ever finals Oh, okay. And that's why it caught my eye because f I was like, oh, cool. They did like a championship version where all the big winners come back and play against each other. But no, it's just a clip show. What do they call it? Best ever finals. But I don't know. Well, we'll talk about the show coming up, but I really enjoyed that final part of that. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that's it's it's yeah, the, you know, just final rounds, um, showing people win big time. But uh, I mean, not only did I enjoy that last round, I enjoyed every round leading up to it. There is not an aspect of this show that I did not like. And like you said, Tom, uh, I, I mentioned in our group chat that this uh, now ranks only below Double Dare as my favorite show. Wow. And it's not even an American show. No, it's not. I was I was actually going to be all miffed that it was like, oh, we're America's favorite game show podcast. Now we got to do a British show. Yeah, ignoring the fact that we did an almost two-hour episode about Japanese shows, but... And and we did a didn't we do a Canadian uh, show at one point too? God, I don't know. Yeah, I, was, I don't remember at this point, but probably. Well, I know we've talked about doing a whole episode of Canadian shows as well. Mm -hmm. Well, we got our uh, resident Canadian game show expert in our back pocket to tap into if we ever choose to do that. Yes, we do. Well, you know what part of this show I don't like? What's that? The part where I got stumped. Well, you done. got oh! stumped. <laughs> I will take that. I will take a stumping. Thank you. With, again, what I thought was going to be, uh, apparently my barometer for these stumper chumps is uh, 180 from what the actual situation is. Every time I'm all like, I got him, he blows me out of the water with an hour-long correct answer. And every time I'm like, eh, this is a weak question. Maybe it's uh, me overthinking. That's you know absolutely what, I mean? it seems what it is. Like, it seems like the quick ones I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little slow on, but hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, yep. I, yep. Maybe, I'm just, maybe I'm just not what I used to be. 
No, I kind of feel like we had to go all the way to Europe to stump them. Well, like that, we so stump them on an American now, game show. That that is a trend that has not uh, discontinued, right? That uh, I think every time we stump him, there's some sort of ah, but. To yeah, it. There's a caveat. There's yeah. an asterisk near every single That's stumping. True. <laughs> and that just goes to show you, if you want to stump me, you'll need a passport. <laughs> oh. All right, everybody bring your passport to the table because we're going overseas when we come back. Our game is tipping point this week, and it's a lot of fun. It's coming up next. You've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. Welcome back. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. This week, our featured show is Tipping Point. And, well, we're not going to hold anything back. Let's just let Christian have at it. So when I was in college, I, in my free time, introduced myself to the world of British quiz shows. And there were all these, because the game show in England is so different than than, than the game show in America. First of all, there are seemingly dozens of them, and they premiere one after the other. And England has this habit of taking objects and making entire shows built around them. There was a show I used to watch called The Color of Money that was all about ATMs. You had to pick the ATM that had the most money. It was a little more complicated than that, but it was just a row of ATMs on the set. Um, There was a show about air hockey. There was was one about... I mean, it's all different types of, of, of objects that they make large for TV. And this one called Tipping Point was one that I was introduced to. Um, this is an incredible show. And Tipping Point is built around a large studio-sized arcade coin pusher. You know, those things where you drop coins into and there's a little shelf that kind of moves in and out and you win based on however many coins fall off the shelf. So they built a giant one and built Tipping Point around this around this. Uh, around this machine so, so the can i the can game. i interrupt real quick oh yeah you have a history with these i do so uh we re- we refer to these as coin dozer um this is a uh key element of my wife and i's uh i would say courtship uh over the years and even still i'd say not today since covid but um a, a a staple in our date night was going to Dave and Buster's and spending just an absurd amount of money on coin dozer and then winning some you know shitty stuffed animal or something like that. Um, but I mean, we would sit there and play these games for hours, and I mean, obviously, you know, chit chat and enjoy each other's company. Uh, but it was all about playing coin dozer. Um, and so, yeah, right when the credits started this, I, it just was like I can't believe they've combined trivia and coin dozer into one thing it's it's incredible sorry continue with the show yeah well no it is just a really really good show so the core concept of the game is players answer questions and they are rewarded with the opportunity to drop giant coins into this machine and they get money 25 pounds i think it is for each coin that comes out of the machine during the course of play and the machine is running throughout the game so you know constantly there's a shelf moving in and out coins are falling um you know, so a player answers a question, they get to drop a coin into one of four what they call drop zones on the show. So the top, where the coins fall, is split into four sections. They pick one of those. And they can look at the machine and sort of determine what side is paying out, which side is about to fall, and drop their coin there. Timing is really important. They hit their button on their podium, and that's when the coin falls. Um, and again, money is one, depending on how many coins fall out. And the, that is the essential core element of the show i mean there are different rounds each of them involves some type of question and answer again the reward being those coins that fall into the machine there are bonus coins that when they fall out uh they're worth a prize uh there are uh there's i think probably the most exciting bonus round on on just about any show on right now where you know the winning player at the end of the show gets to take this giant jackpot counter drop it into the and so drop it into the machine and then answer questions, easy, medium, hard, you know, the harder questions. They get more chances to drop coins and get that coin back out of the machine. Um, it's just, I think, such a strong game and just so much fun to watch. Um, it's, 
you know, there aren't many other arcade machines that would make great game shows, but this is definitely one of them. I, I love Tipping Point. And it's been on for 10 years, one of the highest rated shows in England. Um, the host, Ben Shepard, he was famous for uh, being a co-host on Good Morning Britain, which is like our Good Morning America, like a five-day-a-week sort of morning chat show, they call it. Um, but I just think excellent format, excellent host, excellent set. Um, huge fan of Tipping Point. And I'm glad to see that you guys liked it, too. Yeah, absolutely. So not only did I, you know, obviously it's a it's a trivia game, it's a coin dozer game, so it like was this weird combination of like perfect things for me. Um but the execution of it as well is flawless. Um so like I I I'm going to talk a lot more about the sound design later, but um the the studio is uh beautiful and the specifically the the discs um the giant coins that they are dropping um they are so satisfyingly smooth and like watching them fall flat onto that surface you can like almost feel that you know connection between the the disc and the floor and it's it was this just very very satisfying show to watch and then even beyond that the idea of like i I don't know how many people actually play coin dozer type games in the arcade but it's incredibly suspenseful and you watch these coins get up to the very edge and then oh they don't fall or oh my god they fall or you don't expect them to fall and then all of a sudden there's a ton and you're super you know like it's there's a lot of build up and suspense and it's waiting for the thing to like push it's like oh maybe it'll get it this time oh no you know um so it just it 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 scratches every itch for game shows. It's it it really is, in my opinion, flawless. Strategy, luck, and knowledge, I feel like, are the three elements that make a really good game show, and I feel like Tippy Point has it like in equal amounts. And that's uh, there is uh, just to talk about the idea of coinozer. People think it's just oh, you just throw your money in there and then you win what you win or whatever. There's very much strategy to it, and there's even like way more complex coinozers that like you know when you start you put your coin down a ramp and where it lands when it flings into the machine gives you different reactions, whatever timing, all that. But then as well, you have the option in the game to either pass or uh, take your your plays, and so you can make someone drop their discs when you know it's not going to pay out, therefore wasting their moves and filling up the board for you so that you can then go in and, 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 uh, you know, knock some off. Um, and what I loved was that like, uh, my wife and I have a strategy that we play when we play coin dozer. And it was so great to watch everybody like play the strategy that we play exactly every time. And it was like, I knew exactly where they were going to, drop each thing and what they were going to do when and whatnot and yeah uh, again i just absolutely loved it so it's interesting how rose colored those glasses are when you think a game is flawless because this game is definitely not flawless mm. Mm, okay um did anybody think that these questions were like easy as pie Yes. I mean, some of them were, um, and I, that's kind of what I liked about it though, was that it, first of all, it wasn't all the easy buzz in fast questions. There were some hard ones, but there is a lot of the, like who can just buzz in the first and, and get there, which we've talked about that sort of concept before. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. the way to make a quiz show, but I think if you're, if you're making a hybrid quiz show with something else, then that's an element that can be sprinkled in. And I don't think they lean on it. I think they just sort of do it every once in a while. I did like the different types of questions. Like, oh, this is going to be a speed round. This is going to be a this round. Okay, this one, you you can answer the question or pass the question. Like, that, that is really, really wonderful. I love all of that. I loved coin dozers as a kid. Loved them a lot less as an adult because I never understood. I never played them enough to understand the strategy. Um... And I mean, I can see it now, but like when I was in, you know, in Vegas, uh, they have them where you win actual real money and, um, you start looking at putting like a dollar coin in, you're like, Oh God, how many dollar coins do I have to put in to get that one, $1 to tip off, you know? And it's like, you start to wonder like, how are they doing this to do it? But if you've got a really good strategy, I mean, Mike, you should give it a shot. Well, for a dollar a throw, I don't know that I would do it because like the strategy 
also involves having a crap load of coins. Um, if they were a quarter a piece, yeah, I'd go in there and throw a $50 bill down and just go to town. But at a dollar a piece, that 50 coins will last you. You'll, you'll be done in 20 minutes. Um, yeah. And that's, it, yeah. you know, if you take your time. Um, it's a very, very quick game. And so I do see your point there that it is just yeah. a, a drain, um, which is why I think the idea of doing it at Dave & Buster's where you win tickets and then you go change yeah. them in for oh, a prize yeah. is a little bit more acceptable. By the way, I haven't been to Dave & Buster's in years, but if you think I didn't spend at least a half an hour in front of Dave & Buster's, I mean, I definitely did. Holy Absolutely. cow. Absolutely. Like, all we're winning is crap, and I still love it. <laughs> my, my wife plays Coin Dozer uh, iPhone game, and I'm like, really? what? That doesn't even give you the physical satisfaction of seeing the stuff fall over there. Like, what do you win? You win like virtual stuffed animals in the app. It's like I don't, I don't understand it, but she loves it. It's fun, whatever. <laughs> this is this is one of the few games that mimicked the look and feel of Millionaire, and that I didn't feel like I was so totally and completely turned off by it. Um, I agree, and I think that's because. Ben does a really good job of moving it along. And even when there's a pause, his speaking in between, like, all right, let's see if it pushes the second one now. Like, I was like, God damn, he is really good at just vamping and filling in those gaps. And I was like, that is, it's immensely important in this game. Because otherwise we'd be sitting there going, and we're waiting. And we're yes. waiting. Yeah, da, for da, da, sure. Da. Easily could be a lot of dead air. Absolutely. Yeah, and he did a he did a great job at, at keeping things moving along and filling it in. And I didn't feel like I got to this whole, oh God, can we make this any more drama right now? Like we are in card sharks. We're gonna like just wait for twenty minutes and then flip the next card. Like, oh God. Anyway, um the other thing I, I was really kind of bummed about was that you don't get credit. For anything that falls between drops, like if it doesn't fall on the immediate pushes. Now, Mike, you've played Coin Dozer enough to know that sometimes it pushes. I mean, and it doesn't get anything, but then the next two or three, because just the movement of the overall table cannot be perfectly flush and perfectly smooth, that sometimes that's just enough rattle to flop it over. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get points for those. Could I step in correct for a second? Because, no, go ahead, please. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but the episode that I showed you, did that happen? Did something fall after twice. the question? Twice. And they, didn't get, and they didn't get credit for it. No, no, see, it happened, if it happened, like, right away, like, there was mm. one time where it happened I was going to say, it did happen like, once where like it happened, like, right away. Like, the second or th- yeah. third push, and he was like, oh, and there's two more. And that's, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I've seen it where, where coins fall way after. He's getting ready to read the next question, and something falls and is credited to the last person who put a coin in. At one point in that episode, you know, I'll have to go back and find it, but at one point in the episode, oh, those fell, and you won't get credit for those. We'll have to strike them from the board. And I was like, what? I thought you gave credit you know, earlier for that. I don't understand. And so to me, it's like until the next person presses the button to drop the next coin, if anything falls, you should get it until that button's actually pushed. It should go to the previous person who dropped the coin. because, And Mike will tell you about this. Sometimes five minutes later, Five coins will fall off the dozer. Well, and uh, not that I condone cheating uh, these machines. But if you hit the box. Well, they they do have tilt sensors in them, and they are way more sensitive than pinball machines. So don't mess around with them. Uh, But you can sometimes give them a little nudge and not set off the sensor and maybe get some to knock over the edge just saying <laughs> but to me that's that takes away from the fun anyway no I mean, absolutely like, that's what i'm saying you know, well and that's the thing know. is no matter what you win you are not going to get a prize worth your money at dave and busters right right so, you know um again we like i i think we have seven or eight stuffed animals on the top of our closet that we've won from dave and busters and we've probably sure. paid all told probably 500 bucks for those um <laughs> but you know it's the, again it, it was a uh staple of our date nights over the years and you know uh the other the other thing I really love about this game is that final round after he walked the one that the episode we watched, the guy is named Chris, by the way, how about Chris like sucking in the first round and going I, all the way to the final? I round? thought there was, he did not have a chance. I was like, uh, he was Me like too. old school quizzer and he is in over his head and he's not going to make it. And then just all of a sudden he's like, boom, one deal with it. <laughs> but the way that they played it out afterwards is great. Oh, you had three more. You could have used them. You opted not to. 
and save the money, but let's see how it would have turned out. I love that they they went through it to see if he would have won it or not. That's awesome to me, and I love when game shows do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, quick side note. I want to go back to the discs for a second. Do we know what those are made of? Are they... Because I, I, I want to I parlay this into the conversation about, about um, um, sound design. Which is, I suspect that a lot of the sounds that we're hearing over the course of the show are not real. Um, I'm not necessarily upset about that because I love the sounds that they've chosen. They're very satisfying and very like coin-like. Um, if anyone uh, has played the board game Dominion, the coins that come with that uh, make very much the same sound. It's just a very satisfying sound. Um, but um, they look like they're glass i mean obviously they can't be because Plexi? of yeah. yeah i don't know um but Christian, yeah do you have any idea i'm not exactly sure what they're made of my suspicion is either plexiglass or like very thin metal because i'm trying to think of something that would be able to fall at the speed that it does and not either chip or shatter or right. break the machine itself because when they fall i mean they're falling at a, at a decent at a decent rate yeah, and it doesn't seem like they dent any of the metal on the bottom either. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is They, they seem very, very solid and well-made. But again, they're not they're not chipping. They're not... Like, they, they feel very... Again, it's all just very satisfying. Like, watching them fall through the Plinko-style machine and then watching them hit the ground and spin a little bit and just everything about it. I am not an ASMR guy at all. I hate the sound of like whispering and wet mouth sounds and all that. I like Ugh, yeah, drives yeah. me crazy. Uh, they call it misophonia. It's kind of the opposite. Um, but nice. this watching this show is, I would think the equivalent of what people enjoy about a AM ASMR. Um, where it's just like every aspect of it is so smooth and fits together and I it just it's great. Uh and, and again the sounds, all the, the coin sounds and the even the click of the button when they release the the chip is a nice satisfying like it's like my keyboard that I was mentioning a few po uh episodes ago. Um it's just all satisfying is the only word I can keep saying for it. But for me, the only thing I didn't like in the sound design was when they got an answer wrong. It was like this guitar, like, and I was like, oh, okay, like, really? That's the best you can do? You got this incredible sound design? Exactly. Like you messed up an ollie. Got hit by El Cabong. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you guys like the show, and you're not alone. Again, this is one of the most popular game shows in the UK. Oh. Um, there was an app, an iPhone app, an iPad app, and there was and there was a board game that was released in 2015. Wow! And now we take a trip to the Christian Carrying Game Show Archive. Oh boy! Oh no! Oh and no! They, I'm for the first time in the history of this podcast. I'm turning my camera. What? And we are going to see. The home version of Tipping Point. Oh, oh man! Totally so I have awesome. A, I have a friend who went to England and brought this back for me. Um, this is the original. This the original version of it. Um, is that still sealed? It, it was until today. Oh, okay. um, so I unsealed it specifically for this. So oh, um, really? Again, the box is with electronic tipping point machine. And may I present to you the electronic tipping point machine. Oh man. Oh. So this, let me get my I'm going to get my light on here. It's all right, so if, since this is a podcast, nobody else has seen this. It's um Yeah, famously, is, this is a great game for radio. Yeah. yeah. What you don't what you don't know, guys, is I'm taking screenshots right now that will be posted. Oh, okay, excellent. I can, I can but, promise. And I'll you. take pictures of this game too. Oh yeah, why don't you do that cuz that'll be better quality. Yeah, that yeah. that'll be great. All right. Wait, is there? Oh, okay. I saw the reflection of your computer monitor in the plexiglass. I was like, this thing has a screen on it? Oh, no, 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 it doesn't. But I'll tell you what it does, dude. You ready for this? <coughs> oh, yeah. Look at that pushing action. All right. I know what I'm getting, Mike, for Christmas. That thing is wonderful. I love it. That is the most amazing thing I have ever seen. But, Easily um, one of like, the coolest home games ever. It is one of the coolest home games ever, and that is so amazing. And I Googled it, 
and nothing came up on eBay. As a super nerd collector of stuff, I appreciate that you were willing to unseal that for this episode. So, Oh, that is my pleasure. Yeah, I, I have not played this game yet. Yeah, I just opened the questions and everything right now. There's actually, you know, uh, I got a chance to review uh, the Nintendo Switch version of The Chase. Um, oh, mm, I so just saw your out. review for that this, today. Yeah, so the company that programmed it, Barnstorm Games, sent me a free copy of it. Um, and I asked them if they had anything else coming down the pike, game show related, and they said they're really focused on stuff that's on the air right now. So expect tipping point for Nintendo Switch by the end of the year. No kidding. Wow. Yep. Neat. That, that is uh, exclusive. So I do want uh, to point people to BuzzerBlog to read your review of the Switch game, but can we get just a quick thumbs up, thumbs down? How do you like it? Oh, the chase for Switch? Yeah. Absolutely two thumbs up. Yeah, awesome. fantastic game. Awesome. Fantastic Good game. For a bunch of reasons that I go into, but I think it's easily like the, the definitive version of that game if you're looking to play it. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, Mike, you got anything else on Tipping Point? Um, well, the only other thing, and I don't, I don't even know that this is a thing, but it was something, it was a tangent that I wanted to discuss when we were talking about the sound stuff. We, we mentioned how the, the tinklings of the coins and whatnot, those are, you know, uh, post-production sound effects. Um, it, do they use canned applause as well? Do you know? I believe they do. I don't think there's a studio audience. If I'm not mistaken, the celebrity ones do. Yes. Okay. So that they is. They do have an audience. That is what I read, but it was also written very strangely and it mentioned COVID, but it was like prior to COVID or something like that. Um, so it's, I couldn't tell if they were saying that the original series does not have an audience or it has not since COVID, but it sounds to me like there is no audience and that's all canned applause, which seems weird for a game show, right? I, I think that. I mean, yes and no. If you watch a lot of the original Game Show Network stuff from like the early 2000s, a lot of those didn't have an audience either. And you, once you watch enough shows, I mean, you can tell which ones do and which ones don't have an audience. Just be, just the quality of the applause, and you can tell that there's mm -hmm. like a there's less energy in the people playing the game. You know what I mean? Because you don't have that human element to feed off of. So, I mean, you could definitely tell. I think that sometimes it's a cost-cutting thing. I think it's easier to film a show and not have to worry about you know, getting a hundred people in there. I also think a show like tipping point, I, you know, I've never clearly, I've never seen an actual taping of the show, but I imagine that there's a lot of post-production that goes into it. And mm -hmm. so I think to have a, a bunch of people watching it live, not only would those people be disappointed by the process of making the show, because it's so clearly different from what you see on TV. Yeah, that's true. You also don't want to have an audience sitting there for six, seven, eight hours while, you know, something goes yeah. on the machine or, you know, and I guarantee they have people from standards and practices or, or, or whatever the equivalent is to make sure that, you know, the machine is fair and. I'm sure there are a bunch of reasons why. But. Well, the other thing is, is like I noticed like whenever the, the coins dropped and they, they said, all right, we're going to move that to your bank now, then it would immediately shoot back to the machine and those coins were gone already. And I was like, right. okay, did, some, did an intern run across and gather up those five coins or did the machine open up and suck them in? Or, you know, I was like, there's definitely some, some filming going on here um, where they're, they're doing some, some, thing, some stuff in post. And I wondered... Uh, if that's exactly what was, you know, some of the, the trickery, if you will, that was going on. And going back to your point, Tom, about the coins falling after the fact and not getting credit or getting credit. I wonder if there isn't some sort of rule that, like, you know, everybody waits for five seconds sure. for the machine to do what it's going to mm. do. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, again, so this show is not live to tape. There's a lot of editing. So I wonder if that's not something that they cut out. I'd have to look at the credits at the end and see if they say anything about that. But Sure, sure. Well, I'm not going to let it ruin uh, what I consider to be a really great show uh, by overthinking it. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I well, I love it. Um, the only other note, I forgot about this, but I do want to say it because I think it's a pretty darn good point. I bet it's really hard to pick up those discs off that flat oh, yeah. playing surface. Like, I, I guarantee you can't do yeah. it unless you've got nails. Uh, or they, I, they probably have like a little thing to shuffle them off with. They probably don't oh, try and pick them do. up yes. off there. Yeah. Well, I bet it's like a suction thing. Yeah. You know, like, I remember, remember that game Monster Mash from the 80s with the monster machine? Oh, man. Yeah, it was, like, it, was, it was almost like a uh, mousetrap, right? But like you no, would make clay monster monsters? So Monster Mash, there was like, um, imagine a slot machine kind of turned on its side with three sections. You hit the button. 
and a monster so so like, like things come up and a different combination of head torso feet come up and it makes a monster you have a hand with a suction cup on it all the cards are spread out on the table you look at the monster machine you gotta pop and, and grab the card with your suction cup that matches the one on the machine this does sound familiar yes I wonder if that's wow. something like that, like a big stick with a suction cup. <laughs> I'm, 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 way, I'm way too high for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week for Tipping Point, our featured show. Christian, thanks so much for bringing that up. Now, hey, we need to talk about next week. We do have to talk about next week, and I have four choices this week. So we're going to wow. go back to America next week. So here are four choices for next week, and I'm going to go by year. 1993, 2002. 1961 or 1968 and for 1968 i'll give you the name of the show and again the name is temptation oh but different temptation very much so so 1993 2002 1961 or 1968 temptation well the f- uh, 93 appealed to me because that is the same year that magic the gathering started so <laughs> Okay. It, it appealed uh, it appealed to me because it was the first year that I didn't watch a lot of television because of the fact that I had recently um, gone, you know, I graduated high school and was on with the rest of my life. So I'd be interested to know what was popular that uh, year besides Nirvana's uh, what's the Baby Swim album? Never, never, no, never mind. The, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, oh, that would have been like 90, 91, I think. No, that was 92, actually, when it came out, I think. There's no guarantee that these shows were popular. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's a then show. Definitely it's a doing show. 93. It's popularity. Yep. Yeah, and I, I don't want to make you feel old, but 1993 is the year I first watched TV. So, oh, we'll, <laughs> well, 1993 it is. It's locked in. Let's do it. Great. Rock and roll. Exciting. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you again next week right here on America's Favorite Game Show Podcast. Tell them what they want. See you, guys. Bye, Tom. Good night, America. And Britain. Britain, too. And Britain. Britain. Yeah. <laughs> well, good morning, Britain. You've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. A JTEC audio production, copyright 2022. No part of this podcast may be reproduced by anyone without the express written consent of the creators. For more information or to contact us, please go to tellthemwhatthey'vewon.com. So, Mr. Tom Bastic, what did you learn today? So, uh, today I learned that the coin dozer game that Mike refers to is actually called a coin pusher or a metal game. And I, I knew there was an actual name for it, but until I like Googled it, because I was like, there's got to be a name for this sort of thing. Uh, I had no idea. So, there you go. Coin pusher or metal, M-E-D-A-L game. Metal game. Interesting. Coin pusher makes sense. Um, but I'm going to stick with coin dozer because why not? I like coin dozer way better, Mike, if that makes <laughs> thank you, you thank feel you. any better. All right, Mike, what did you learn this week? Uh, I learned that ITV, the network that uh, brings us tipping point in England, um, or I guess Britain. I don't know if it's in other parts of England. Um, it stands for independent television, not international television, as I'd always just assumed and never did any research on. So uh, there you go. Christian, what did you learn this week? Uh, this week, I learned that the recipe for Big ZD and the way I imagine one would make Big ZD are exactly the same. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> now, next week, we want to know how good it came out. I'll, I, I will try to send you guys a sample. Oh. It'll be terrible by the time it gets. <laughs> What's in the mailbox? Why are there birds all over it? Oh, copyright 2022, a JTEC audio production. <laughs>